Welcome back to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with series two. How exciting. Thank you so much. If you were a big fan of series one and you've come back for more, then incredible. Thank you so much. You've absolutely made my life by being part of this community. If you're new to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with, welcome. Where have you been? Um, and if you dip in and out, that's also cool. Whatever you want, we're here for you. But I just wanted to drop in and say welcome to series two and thank you to you for making it happen. I make it for you. It's all for you. So thank you. and. On with series two. Welcome to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with. What we hear and listen to throughout our day can shape how we feel. If we feed and nourish our soul with wholesome conversations from everyday people filled with positive stories, we may feel less alone and even inspired. We're all working through our own stuff and sometimes you need to hear that you are doing amazing, which you are. Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with is listening to others talk about how they have journeyed life so far, how they keep their well-being in check and how they keep their mindset positive. This is not always possible, but sometimes they share some really good tips on how they improve their well-being just for those days when they're not feeling quite the ticket. Welcome to this Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with community. I really just wanted to build something special that people can feel part of, feel seen and feel valued. Some of the people we speak to have really inspirational stories and hopefully it can resonate with you, make you stop, reflect and also just pick up some top tips along the way. So thank you again for being here and thanks for sharing your time with us. Here's the show. Hi everyone, just jumping in to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this series of Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with, and that's the amazing IA Hair and Beauty. Now, I don't know about you, but as someone who has a very busy life with lots going on, an hour hair or beauty appointment can feel like a real treat, an absolute essential non-negotiable bit of self-care. Sometimes I know that all I need is a fresh French manicure to make me feel a bit brighter. I don't think we should underestimate these little acts of kindness and the impact that they have in our busy lives. So we have a special treat for you, a 15% one-time code across all the IA hair and beauty range. So if that's a gel polish or beautiful nail art and you just need to jump over to Instagram to see the amazing nail art that Isabel does or a fresh new trim or colour then IA Hair and Beauty is the best. Go to IA Hair and Beauty on Instagram or Facebook and DM Isabel quoting the podcast for your 15% off treat. Enjoy! Welcome back to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with. Now, I'm very excited about today's conversation because today we are with Crystal Nichols, who is a holistic uh, health coach. And her experience is exactly what I wanted for this uh, podcast. So we're going to have a really great chat. So we welcome with open arms to the podcast, Crystal Nichols. Hi, Crystal. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's a total pleasure. Absolutely. Just can't wait to get into this with you. So, um, Crystal, just tell everybody um, a little bit about yourself. So I am originally from Barbados. Um, to keep a long story short, <laughs> I left Barbados when I was 18. And from there, I moved to Toronto, Canada, where I did my BFA in performance dance. And then from there, I ended up on a cruise ship, Princess Cruises. I did three contracts with them. And then while I was home on a break, between my second contract and my third contract, that's when I auditioned for The Lion King because they actually traveled to Barbados. They travel all around the world. Um, so they traveled to Barbados and they happened to be in Barbados the week that I was there on my break. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I did the audition. I was really, I remember I was really tired because obviously I had just come off from the contract. And I was just like, okay, I'll just do this audition. I'm just tired. I wasn't really expecting much, but then I got the job. And then it happened that the contract was starting a month after my cruise ship contract was finishing. So it just ended up working out perfectly. And then, yeah, I spent six years at the Lion King right up until March, 2020, when everything closed and I had six weeks left of my contract. And that's when I did all my certifications and my studies in holistic health and nutrition coaching. And then here I am. <laughs> Amazing. And that's why we wanted to get Crystal on the channel, because she literally has all the experience and, and you know, real world experience in, in what we're, we're trying to do. Um, so this is going to be great. So how I always start the chat is just asking everybody individually, what does well-being mean to you? Well-being for me is that connection between yourself, your community, and nature so that's for me physical mental and spiritual nutrition all in one mm. that's why I like holistic health because I think it covers everything not just the physical not just the mental not just the spiritual but well-being for me is all three of them the three pillars of health mm. apps three pillars of health yeah I love that um so just tell us a little bit about why well-being became and, and your own journey into to kind of holistic health and, and nutrition became such a huge thing when you were in the Lion King. Can you just tell us a bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so, as so, I was in the Lion King for six years, and all throughout my career, I had just been kind of like most performers, focus on what my goals are. You know, that's all I care about. I need to get these goals. I need to be the best. You know, all these things that performers think about. And I think I had always struggled a bit with anxiety, but I always kind of just pushed, pushed myself through because I was so focused on my goals. I was very driven. I'm also a Virgo. So I, <laughs> I tend to be very, you know, I can keep going. I can just keep going <laughs> despite anything. But everything caught up with me in my fourth year in the show. It was a particularly difficult cast change because all the creatives, I don't remember exactly what was happening, but all the creatives, the creative team from America were there. Mm -hmm. So we had extra eyes watching us. Cast change is already pretty stressful, but we had extra creative team watching us. So it was a bit more stressful. And everything caught up with me to the point that I was so stressed, so burnt out. 
I physically and mentally just could not really think straight to the point that I remember in one performance, we do like in our hardest number, we do a run into a pencil turn into a jump. And I fell out of the turn. It was completely fine. It was just one little mistake. It wasn't that deep. Um, but I spiraled in my mind because I had to fix it. Because I, in my mind, like the creative team right here, I need to fix this mistake. They're watching me. Everyone's watching me. They know that I'm a failure. All these thoughts, right? And then I got so obsessed over this turn. I got so obsessed that I would actually go home and think about it over and over again. I couldn't sleep. Like I had actually stopped being able to sleep properly. I would wake up thinking about fixing this turn. I would practice it over and over again. That the more I practiced it, the worse, the worse it got, as you probably know. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> the more I fixated on it, the more pressure I put on it, the worse it got. Mm. And it just got to the point where I actually thought I can't, like I can't carry on like this. I can't do this other contracts. Like I can't keep going like this. So one night I Googled, I think I had Googled something along the lines of a quick fix for anxiety. <laughs> Because I'm the best I'm Google the, ever. Yes. I was like, I need a quick fix. I don't have time for this. Like, I was like, I don't have time for talk therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so I found a hypnotherapist based in London. And the next day I called him, I booked in with him. I did a few sessions with him and I immediately felt calmer. And that was my first experience, that real experience with mindfulness. Again, I had already tried meditation and decided in my mind that it didn't work for me because I have all these misconceptions that so many people have about meditation that aren't really true. Mm. So I ended up really embracing the hypnotherapy and that really helped me. And then because of that, I just wondered what else can help me? Like what, what other tools are there? And that's when I started to find more books and podcasts and resources on health and I started following different doctors and nutritionists and all these different experts that you know I'd never had exposure to and it really helped me get through my next two contracts that all the things that I was learning about nutrition and mental health and all the habits I was able to put into place really helped me through mm. so when COVID happened and everything closed I already knew that was the, I was like, what can I really dive deep into now that I have the time? And because I was so passionate about health and wellness, immediately I knew what I wanted to do. And so that's when I decided to get my certification in nutrition coaching and holistic health. And then of course, for me, the natural thing was I need to share this with performers because I feel like I knew all, like, I, I wish I knew these things. Why didn't I know these things? Why was I taught this in school? Why weren't we taught how to take care of our bodies and our minds? And mm. in such a physically demanding profession, why are we not taught these things? Mm. So I knew that I wanted to share this knowledge with other performers and make it more relatable for them. Because, you know, a lot of things that you might learn in the nutrition space or the health and wellness space is very generalized and it's made for people who maybe work a nine to five job and they're sat at a desk. So how can I take this information and make it more personalized for performers and make it relatable and realistic mm. for the lifestyles that we live? Mm. 
Incredible. And it's so amazing that that you you kind of saw that and thought, what what can I do? Like that's such a an amazing thing to do to go, what how can I do that for myself? But also how can I help other people? And it's interesting, we were just saying before, weren't we, that you know, all of the nutrition advice and wellness advice is really well-meaning out there and, and there's so much you can take, but the life of a performer is completely different. And we were just saying, you know, that just level of time that you would go to work is completely different. You're going to work when a lot of people are coming home. You're doing something that is so energetic in terms of like that calorie balance and output. It's it's out of whack. And then yeah. you come home and you'll feel you're feeling you know, you're, you're high, you know, you're buzzing when you, when you finish and there's that level of, of needing to kind of calm and go to sleep, but it's, it's then late and it's a whole reframing of that body clock, isn't it? Yep, yeah, exactly. It's completely different. Um, something that I'd love to pick up on is, um, when you were talking about, um, that kind of spiraling when something went wrong um and it's something that I think comes up so much for performers in terms of perfectionism and needing to get things right and and how the stakes always seem so high um what what have you kind of picked up on learn maybe any tips you know about us who are so hard on ourselves and who kind of strive for this perfectionism which I suppose in a lot of ways doesn't exist yeah see so it's funny because I still it's still something it's so ingrained in me that I feel like I actually still struggle with it Mm. I'm obviously aware of it but it's always that tug that back and forth in my mind even even in the health and wellness space I'll find myself with the perfectionist tendencies and I have to reel myself back but (laughs) what (laughs) I've found is I ask myself this one question sometimes when I find myself going too much into that perfectionist phase I ask myself but is it enough (laughs) I literally will say is it enough and that question always kind of reels me back Mm. because first of all it interrupts the thought pattern Mm -hmm. it interrupts the thought pattern and then you have time to really think about it and then if you ask yourself is it enough your perfectionist mind might say no it's not enough But I found that it gives me space. I find that asking the mm-hmm. question gives me the space to actually just sit there and think about what I'm doing instead of just carrying on in that space. So then after you ask yourself, is it enough? Another good thing to say to yourself is, what is it? What is it? Um, done is better than perfect. Mm. That's another good thing. Yes. <laughs> done is better than perfect. Mm. But in general... I think one of the main things that you can do to actually stop your perfectionism over time. So that's something that you can do like in the moment, in the moment. but if you want to change the way your brain thinks about it, then you can start to try to develop a growth mindset, which is like in opposition to a fixed mindset, which is what a lot of performers have. So a growth mindset is where you see your abilities, you see your talents, your skills as being able to be built upon, right? Like you, you see them as always evolving, always growing, but a fixed mindset, which is what a lot of performers tend to have, because that's how we're trained, is that we tend to see our talents, our abilities, our skills as just static, 
so we'll say things to ourselves like like even for the for the turn Hmm. we talk about the fact that oh I messed it up I'm not good at turning right whereas if you really try to change the language around it and you can add the word yet that's a good trick the word mm-hmm. yet to it you can say something along the lines of I'm not good at turning yet but it gives you that space to know that you can actually grow and you can get better at it and it's not just a, a write-off like I'm just not mm-hmm. good at this thing so that's one thing to do and I think in terms of having that growth mindset it's not just using the word yet but it's really learning to love learning they love the process and embrace the process of learning, which is something that's hard for us to do as performers because we, we're always in a hurry, right? We're always trying to get to the next level and everything's in a sense of urgency and we always need to be the best and we need to be quick and we need to like, time's running out. Yeah. But I think if we can start to embrace where we are and embrace the process of learning and evolving and knowing that, even if I'm in this place now, I can always get better every single day, mm. like 1% better every single day, instead of feeling like I need to be at this level right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love what you said then about we're always in a hurry. Like I do find that thinking about the essence of time as a performer is really interesting because it does seem to be you go to an audition you um, will be given a specific time. When you go in, you have a specific amount of time in the room and that feels pressure. I've got to be amazing. I've got to impress. Whereas actually, you know, to, 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 to have a growth mindset, it would be, I'm going to go in the room and do my best and they might like me now. They might see me for something else in the future, but you can never, as a performer, you never get past that. It's always, I have to do it now in the moment. I have to be the best. And yeah. I wonder whether the competitive nature of, of the industry is, is kind of feeding into that a bit. I think what, exactly what you're saying, but I also think it's important to remember that, for instance, casting directors and the creative teams when you go into those auditions, they don't actually expect you to be perfect. No. This is such a big misconception. And this is what we think. This is what I used to think that I needed to be perfect. I actually had, I actually spoke to Natalie Gallagher, who is a really big casting director. She's cast The Lion King. She's cast Dream Girls at all these really big shows. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, we don't expect anyone to be perfect. And she said, if I actually, if I went into an audition, if someone came and, and they were perfect, I would think something was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, like, that's, the, that's such a big misconception. I think yeah. it's really helpful maybe for people to know this, that actually they don't want you to be perfect. They just, they just want to see some, some bit of potential, like yeah. something that's going to let them see that there's some part of you that's good for this role. You know, like there's some, something in you that will grow and then that's the whole point of the recall process right like it's giving you the chance to get a little bit better each time right like you just have to get a little bit better take their notes and grow you don't need to go in perfect Mm. no so I think that it takes the pressure off people but but it is what you said about everything is so competitive that we feel like there's no other way but to be perfect yeah like 
because there's no we in our minds we think there's no room for error but that's not that's not what gets you the role it's not the perfection that gets you the role and and it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely a performer thing like you say it isn't it isn't the people in the room um because I've heard some lovely casting directors frame it so nicely someone uh, said to me once the it's almost like the casting director is standing by you, holding your hand. Like they want you to be great. They've brought you in the room because they believe in you. They are champion, championing you. And, and that was a really nice way of thinking about how when you're brought into the room, you were already, you already could do the job. Otherwise yes. you wouldn't be in the room, but it's, uh, it's like the performer. Not, I'm not saying that all performers are like this. We love you. Like, it's a really tough job. But what we're saying is it's it's the performer that puts the pressure. It isn't necessarily the room. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're the ones who seem to to have that. And um, I just wonder where it all kind of comes from, you know? Do you think it also it has to do with training as well? So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a big, um, you know, again, I'm not um, being derogatory to training programs. I think so, there's so many out there that are absolutely incredible. And, you know, um, a lot of us are, are a product of our training and, and wouldn't be where we are today without it. And we're thankful for that. But there's definitely um, aspects missing for me. And that is definitely mindset. Um, and um, building people up and making sure that yes definitely (laughs) building up and not down you know making sure people understand what they have to offer the worth they have to offer as they are now not you could be when you're and yeah all right we all want to strive to be better and there's nothing wrong with that but there's a definite part of training missing which I think deals with mindset and deals with how do you not take it so deeply personal? How do you keep your sense of worth when you've had like six rejections in a row? Um, and I think that's the bit that's missing for me. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And I, I also feel like there's a bit of what, there's two things. I think one of the things that happens in training is that I think sometimes teachers want to scare you into being better it's not obviously not all teachers. I'm not saying that this is everyone. So please, yeah, I don't want to offend anyone. But I think that in my experience, a lot of it was so based off of fear. And it was, if I scare you into thinking that you need to be this way, you're going to be the best that you can be. So mm-hmm. they would say things to us like, I remember, I remember one, of, one of our teachers would say, you know, there's not that many jobs and there's so many performers. So you better be the best. Like, you <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's this thing of we want to scare you into being your yeah. best. So then it ends up being you, you're working this hard out of fear and not out of motivation. Like it's a yes. completely different energy, the energy of fear. And I'm working this hard because I'm scared of losing it all. I'm scared of not getting the job and it's scarcity mindset. Yeah. Whereas I think a more powerful motivator is if, I'm working hard I know my worth but I'm working hard because I know that I can do this like it's a different it would be a different energy and I think it's just this I think sometimes people just have it all wrong and I think the second thing that happens is that obviously you teach what you know right so if you were if you're a teacher and you used to be a performer and you were taught these things and you never unlearned them then you're going to just keep teaching that stuff that you learned so I think that's another thing that happens yes it's just a a cycle that 
keeps yep. going. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're so right. There's such a fine line, isn't there, between, yeah, there are a lot of people in this industry and there's a lot of people going for the same jobs and all the rest, but there's a fine line between, you know, cultivating that fear of you've got to be the best, otherwise you'll never get in the room and, um, you know, building people up so that they are so so kind of excited to go into the room and show their best yeah but knowing how to deal with it on the other side of when when that doesn't go your way knowing that it didn't go your way yet to use your little three-letter word which I love <laughs> and it's so true isn't it you know and, w- and we're flooded in this industry with gorgeous stories of people who've been in that final 10 times you know and then suddenly on that 11th time they get that role or whatever and it is it is part of the course in this industry, but it's difficult, isn't it, to keep that mindset positive and keep going after that string of rejections. And I think that's the bit that I would love to see come into training more, kind of more coping strategies. Yeah, yeah. That would be so helpful <coughs> if, if there was more on the mindset. Yes. And how you handle rejection. Like We never, like, I never had that. I don't, I, I never knew how to handle rejection or, yeah. you know, I was never taught anything about mindset or mm. anything along those lines. But I feel like you're right. That is really missing in training. And I feel like it would be so helpful to train performers that were more empowered mm. and knew how to handle rejection and knew their worth. Like, how amazing would it be if in every audition, each performer knew their worth and what they had to offer and they were so confident you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing to yeah. see that in an audition room and you can always come out and and feel like you've done an amazing job and feeling really happy and you just kind of like leave it in the room it's out of your hands you know trying to control that uncontrollable of what kind of answer you're going to get you know it's it, it's not in your hands anymore that's not to say that if and when that rejection comes through, you can't feel disappointed. Of course you can. It's what you wanted. You know, it would be normal. You can't just go, oh, well, I didn't care. Because, you you know, you wouldn't be doing it if that was the case. But I think if you if you had that level of confidence and self-worth in you when you left the room, yes, the disappointment would come, but it would be slowly followed by onwards and upwards. What's for me won't go by me. You know, that, that yeah. would then slowly come in but quicker you know to your mindset if that had been trained so well watch the space maybe we'll uh maybe we'll we'll see what we can do about that or you know just put it out there into the world that that's something that we feel like schools should be doing and um, yeah. one of the other lovely things that I wanted to kind of talk about because I know that this is something that I've read in your work because um some of the the stuff that you post you were really kindly saying that it's you know things that your clients have said to you about you know things that worry them and and you kind of go away and do a little bit of work and then put them out for other people to read is is kind of this this level of kind of boundaries I know that a few friends have said to me that they find it really hard to own their own boundaries and you know even just um a story I read the other day about an actor who um didn't dare tell their agent that they were going away because they didn't want to then, you know, close that door to anything that came through. And, you know, there's a lot of of stuff around, you know, we're allowed to not be available 24 seven. So I just wondered if you had some stuff to kind of share on, on, you know, knowing that as a, as a performer or as a creative, you are somebody who, you know, may well get an audition with not much notice and, you know, things like that. But how do you kind of protect yourself from kind of being in that wheel, you know, 
Yeah, it's really, I think it's really important to set boundaries because, I mean, first of all, obviously we all are in this industry because we're passionate about it. We love it. But it doesn't mean to say that just because you're passionate about something that it needs to be your whole world. This is something that people get wrong. And I feel like there's a guilt around it where people think that if I'm not living, breathing, eating the performing arts 24 seven, then like something's wrong with me or I'm not trying hard enough because we always think we need to be doing more. This is the problem. We need to be doing more. (laughs) We can't do any (laughs) more. Exactly. Whereas I feel like we need to remember that we are humans first. Even though we are performers, that's not all of who we are. Like we have other interests. We have other passions. Mm -hmm. We have loved ones we have other skills that we can nurture and use so a lot of things a lot of times I like to tell my clients in terms of setting boundaries around their craft is I really am a firm believer in deciding beforehand how many hours are you going to dedicate to your craft so for instance if you know that you're working on your dancing, like I had a client that she really wanted to get better at her dancing. So I said, how much time are you going to commit to making that skill better? So she decided, you know, in terms of finances, in terms of time, that she was going to commit to two dance classes a week. She decided which classes she was going to do, the times that she was going to do them, and she stuck to them. She's not going to do any more, any less. That's it. So she's like, I'm doing these two classes a week and that's it. Because it's enough. It's enough. Because if you consistently do those two classes, because her aim wasn't to be like the best dancer. She was just trying to improve her dance skill for the purpose of musical theater. So, (laughs) So I said, that's enough. You don't need to feel like if I have more time in the week, I'm going to do more. No, that's all you're doing. (laughs) I know it sounds weird no it's great but it's so important to just set that boundary and she's getting better and better at her own speed and she's controlling how much she's doing so whatever the the craft is whether it's singing decide beforehand this is what I'm going to do to improve it and that's what I'm doing I'm not going to if I feel like I have more time in the week I'm not going to go and increase it or or whatever it is just stick just stay consistent it's the consistency that gets to the results. Mm. You don't have to be doing the most all the time. Just stay consistent with what you're committed to improving mm. and continue doing that. Another good tip is to have a small list of non-negotiables. Nice. Yeah. Of <laughs> non-negotiables. Yes. And make sure that every week, those non-negotiables are being met in your schedule. So whatever, I mean, obviously it's personal to each individual, whatever it is that is going to bring you joy as a human being, not a performer, <laughs> a human being. Yeah. So whether that's like, I don't know, do you need to see your loved ones? Like, do you need to meet with your friends every week? Do you feel like you need to be out in nature? Do you feel like you need to journal? Do, you know, find out what it is that's personal for you that makes you as a human being feel good. Make a list <laughs> with those things, a small list mm-hmm. of the non-negotiables and make sure that every single week without fail, those things are being met 
because they're just as important as you know building your dance and your your vocals and your acting they're just as important as auditions for you as a person to get those non-negotiables in and to nurture that human connection that human side of you Mm. so those are like my two main love them so much I think the the thing you said second about the um the non-negotiables I love that that's come up a few times actually I think especially when you're creative it does feel like your whole world because what we do does sometimes feel like it takes over us as as people but like you say as a human what do you love what do you what lifts you what just makes your heart fly do it and do it do it as much as you can but Mm -hmm. make sure that is in your non-negotiable because it's so true isn't it especially when we're like you said before when you were working really hard and you just you just feel like you're going and going and going and that just leads to burnout we know that that just leads to you know down a path of 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 sadness and and things that that just feel and also when you're doing something maybe that you are passionate about but it becomes a job that you are just doing and doing and doing you then feel like you lose the love for it a little do you know what I mean yeah Um, it becomes really hard that that line between the passion and then it becoming your source of income you know what I mean like yeah 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 it can really start to yeah it can really start to blur that line and make you feel like you have to really go all in yes and I think it becomes that it's that guilt again like if I'm not doing it 24 7 it means that I'm not trying hard enough so if I don't get the role then it's my like we go down this rabbit hole of it's my fault because I because I went out with my friends that that week yes (laughs) I went on holiday and I shouldn't have gone on holiday I should have been practicing like yeah and that's no. why your your double kind of tips there is great. You know, that that time allocation is so important. Um, and, and, you know, then doubling that with things that bring you joy that are outside of kind of performing is, is so important. So important. Yeah. And I think you just have to start small, maybe. Like, yes. you know, I, the holiday, I think if you start with, I'm going to go on the holiday that I'm afraid of going on, or telling my agent about I feel like that's a big yeah. thing to start with but maybe if you start with okay I'm gonna do I don't know whatever like go have a walk in nature like have a long walk in nature or something like that yeah something that seems a bit more manageable <laughs> more, yeah. more doable you commit to that mm-hmm. and then I think in time you'll start to be able to set more like a bit like firmer boundaries and yeah. bigger boundaries yeah. like you'll probably be like I'm gonna go on holiday for a week Yes. And I'm going to tell my agent, don't contact me for this. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's giving you that it's giving you that that little step to make kind of braver choices as you go. And like you say, you've got to take small steps because you can't just suddenly go from here to, to here. It, it's 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 small steps, but it's really important that we own those boundaries. Um just wanted to pick up on something you said about um meditation and mindfulness and and the kind of myth busting that you had to kind of go through to to find your your level of of mindfulness and meditation what what was it that that kind of not put you off but made you think it was kind of going wrong in inverted commas and and maybe what is it that you do now that you feel maybe is quite successful to you that might help other people yes this is really important I used to think that meditation was, you know, clearing your mind. Your mind has to be completely blank, which is not true. 
but I used to think and I think a lot of people do think that still and that's what put me off because I would think my perfectionist self and again if you're a performer and you have these perfectionist tendencies if you go in thinking that I need to clear my mind and then obviously it's not going to happen because that's impossible then you're gonna for me I got really anxious it made me more anxious it's like I'm not doing it right my mind is still going (laughs) and then it just made me give up because I was like oh I failed it's not working for me I'm not doing it right whatever yeah but I found so there's a website called onegiantmind.com. Mm-hmm. It's I believe it's a nonprofit organization, and they teach a 12-day meditation course that you can just I think you just download the app, mm-hmm. One Giant Mind. You download the app, and it takes you on a 12-day free meditation course, like how to meditate. And in each day, they kind of bust every single myth that you have about meditation and that changed everything for me because they went through the whole you can't clear your mind it's not possible <laughs> like, that's Yay! not what meditation is <laughs> yeah but they even said they even said even things like that I used to think if I fell asleep in a meditation then it, it means that I failed and they said no it's fine if you fall asleep it means that your body needed it your nervous system is relaxing that's completely fine it's normal just busting every single myth so if anyone has ever had any problems with meditation and you really want to try it I would highly recommend downloading one giant mind and doing their 12-day free meditation course because it will bust all the myths that you have Mm. and then I just started doing the meditation without any anxiety any worry that I was doing it wrong because it was basically they just said this is how you do it you can't get it wrong the fact that you're taking the time out of your day to sit down and do it you've already won like you've already done it (laughs) I love that yeah yeah I love that I love the fact that um they're they're just saying that you know it's it's like someone said um I heard someone say once, uh, like a fitness person said, just getting to your yoga mat in a morning is the big win. It isn't doing the session. It's getting your gym clothes on, getting to the mat. That's the win because that's the hardest bit, isn't it? Is going, I'm going to do this. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. If you've taken the time to sit there and decide you're going to meditate, you've won. Like you've, that's, that's the big win. You're right. I love that. I love that. I'll put that um, in the description as well, just to remind people um, what the app is. So um, just as we're kind of coming towards the end, which feels a bit sad because we we should probably do a part two at some point um, because there'll be so much more to cover. But um, for anyone who is kind of feeling like their uh, mindset just could do with a little shake up or, you know, that just you know, feeling a little bit like they're maybe in a little bit of a, of a negative cycle or anything that maybe um, is making them feel like they're not quite, you know, in the right headspace. Um, what would be kind of your first step tips for people that they can just take away to just try to improve things and, and make sure everybody's just living a bit more happy? Yeah, I think my first, my first tip is to don't like I feel like don't berate yourself for being in a negative space that's one thing that I used to do because I used to try to be so positive you know (laughs) I used to try to 
you know, force, move every negative thought and then try to force a positive thought on top of it. And that's probably the worst thing you can do. Like that's now I know that. <laughs> I used to try and I thought it was the way I was like, I need to be positive. Yeah. Like I need to keep. So that I would say, don't do that. <laughs> Learn from Crystal. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. The thing, the thing to do. So I now have this thing where I'm like, I don't necessarily believe in positive thinking, but I believe in accurate thinking. Mm. So, <laughs> I like so what you need to do is instead of being like, I'm not going to think this negative thought, I'm going to force myself to think this positive thought. Instead, ask yourself when you hear the, the negative thought, is it true? Right. Ask yourself that question. Is it true? And then what you're going to do is ground yourself in what the facts of the situation are, because what happens is your brain will tell you stories and lies because your brain is just trying to protect you. So sometimes your brain will say, like, I'm not enough or, you know, don't do that thing because it's dangerous. Remember what happened that time? You're going to fail, you know, <laughs> all these thoughts. Mm -hmm. But if you ask yourself, is it true? And then you start to actually try to find the facts of what times have I succeeded? in my life you know like just general stuff like that when have I accomplished things that I didn't think I was going to accomplish like how far have I come what have I wait, ask yourself those questions and really try to find the facts and you realize wait oh actually I auditioned for this role and I got that role or I got this far or you know at this audition last time I was cut immediately but now this time I made it to the to round three or <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what I mean you start to find the facts of the situation and that I feel like is more powerful than trying to force a positive thought because you can just sit there and go, oh wait, I have improved actually. Mm. I'm not actually a failure. I'm not getting worse. I'm actually getting better. Like If you really think about it and you really try to find the, the facts of the situation, it can really be helpful to kind of getting you out of that negative space without the toxic positivity. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that's like my biggest that's mm -hmm. that's been really helpful for me mm -hmm. I just find the facts and it really helps me to get out of a negative space yeah I absolutely love that yeah I say that quite often especially with some of my students who might do something and then they're like you know and, and I'm like so it didn't go well okay so tell me why what you know what what's what's the fact of it not going well what does that how does that look like for you because kind of from here we were all really loving it or whatever you know it's finding where's the evidence it's a kind of a classic isn't it where's the evidence that that's true yeah yeah it's I such a simple it seems so simple but we don't do it you know we it's, don't do it like you say the brain just attracts straight away to the negative it's more attracted to that and also it tells us stories and you know we're in control of what we do with that information like you say even just adding yet to the end of something or asking is that fact um yeah, yeah. it's a difference well honestly I can't thank you enough for coming on today it's just been so brilliant to talk to you just some of your experience both as a performer and now you know as a holistic health and nutrition coach you know you've got all that wealth of experience to bring and I just I just know that everybody's gonna love this episode and really resonate with some of what you've said and and hopefully try some of the those little tips that you've given so thank you so much for your time thank you so much it's been my pleasure honestly oh thank you 
Thank you so much for joining us on Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with, and thank you for being part of our community. It really is all for you. It's all purpose-driven. And I really hope that you've got something from the episode today. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with anyone who you feel would benefit from hearing these open and real conversations. Please make sure that you are following and you are subscribed to make sure you never miss an episode, either on your app of choice or on YouTube. And if you can, please rate and review the channel. That would be so, so helpful because it helps other people find us. And finally, just remember that it is all about talking. It is all about sharing. So think, reach out. Who will you have a conversation with? Have a fabulous week. See you next week.